Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Forrest Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about the trends and traditions of drinking in France. Um, those of you who have been listening for a long time and also might listen to my friend and fellow podcaster Emily Dilling on her old podcast, um, Perry Paysan, know that I really like to talk about seasonal drinking. I like to have a home um, bar menu where I change it winter versus summer. And I like to think about seasonal drinking in, in very in, in different kinds of terms. What kind of drink is appropriate for different seasons and what kind of things go well that are seasonal ingredients. So I'm super excited to have Allison Cave with me today, um, who is an entrepreneur, bartender, baker, and she's um, moved to Paris from Brooklyn, and she's the co-founder of Izzy's Paris, as well as Butterscotch, um, and the host of Fork Mary Kill podcast. So that's another podcast you might want to listen to if you like podcasts. And I'll put some more of her details in the in the show notes. But um, but I want we, I've got her on the show here today because I want to talk to her about her seasonal approach to creating cocktails for Izzy's. So welcome, Allison. It's nice to have you on the show. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. So before we like dive into the the seasonal business, can you tell the listeners a little bit about a little bit more about yourself and about Izzy's? Sure. So yeah, as you as you said, um, I uh, am the co-founder of Izzy's Paris. My business partner Jennifer Crane and I um, sort of got it off the ground in uh, November of last year, uh, twenty twenty. Uh, great time <laughs> to be right? launching a business oh, no. in the middle of a confinement and a pandemic. Um, but, you know, we had originally teamed up with the intention to open a brick and mortar uh, bar, which is still something that we're intending to do and that is on the horizon for us. Um, but we decided in the interim uh, to just go ahead and launch doing cocktail delivery as a way to sort of you know, kind of bootstrap it a little bit and get our feet under ourselves and get a sense of the market and just, you know, start making things basically and start, you know, getting our hand in and, and building the brand and building the business. And it's been really wonderful. Um, we have a number of regulars, which is just kind of incredible. Like when you're only delivering, you know, to see the same names and same people uh, week over week. And basically the way we structure it is we have a core menu of seasonal cocktails that changes, you know, every season. And then every week uh, I create a different um, special cocktail of the week. And so every week there's something new, but there's also this sort of core menu of, of favorites that people can keep coming back to. And they're very good cocktails. I have had an Izzy's delivery and something that's nice about it is uh, they come with snacks as well. I don't know if they're still coming with snacks, but mine did and they were really tasty. Um, you know, just like a little, uh, don't don't uh, misunderstand me listeners, it's not like a big snack box, but it's a little apparel like you have in France, a little something to nibble with your drink. And I feel like um, you can tell me what you think, but I feel like they're different than a lot of the cocktail deliveries that I've had in Paris before. And I think that's because of of you know the fact that you're American. They're sort of California inspired. It's these seasonal ingredients. So let's let's start there. Maybe talk about uh, I guess what you put into your cocktails when you make them. I don't mean literally what you put into them, but sort of the ideas behind them and and how you create them and with what kind of ingredients. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been actually a wonderful sort of feeling of a return to my roots in cocktail bartending. Um, I've been, you know, working in the industry for like 20 years now, but um, my first real cocktail bartending job was at a restaurant in Manhattan called Cookshop, um, which is still there and wonderful. And their whole thing is really farm to table. Like they were one of the sort of, you know, real, I feel like progenitors of that in New York. And when I started bartending there, the bar manager, Michael Kelly, um, really took me under his wing. And I, I learned a lot from him and his approach to cocktails was very much about seasonality and incorporating, uh, you know, the various fruits and vegetables that were in season into cocktails. And so as Jen and I were talking about our concept for Izzy's, um, that really, for me, felt like a, a logical and exciting direction to go in, given her background as a Californian and her interest in really infusing that style into the cocktails and, and just the overall sort of aesthetic of what we're doing. Um, and, you know, my sort of passion for that from my early days of bartending and, you know, the incredible produce that you can get in Paris and in France and in Europe in general, um, which is something coming from New York. I mean, I love New York. I, you know, grew up in New York, love it, love the food scene. Um, but, you know, what we have access to in terms of seasonal produce is so different than what you can find in California or in Europe. And so uh, it's been really exciting to get to work with those ingredients. And so sometimes, you know, the cocktails are based on classics. Sometimes there really are just these kinds of like, wackadoo, you know, combinations that I come up with. Um, but I'm always trying to think about, you know, seasonality and what's in, at the market and uh, how to bring those flavors together with various spirits or other ingredients that kind of complement each other in a way that is maybe a little bit different or new um, for the French palate and the French sort of cocktail consumer. Yeah, I think, well, the, this is definitely something I want to get into with you uh, about the French consumer, but on the idea of seasonality in France, it's something that I think it might be changing a little bit more, but something that I really appreciated even when I first arrived. When I first came here 20 years ago, I wasn't in Paris, but I was in a small town and I went to the local grocery store and I asked for some red onions and they kind of laughed at me and said, those aren't in season <laughs> right now. So, and it was, you know, as an American, um, I guess where I could get, it, I could at the time get anything I wanted at any time. It's it really surprised me, but I really appreciated it. I thought, huh, okay, this is a different way of shopping, being eating. So I think that's really nice. Um, I can find red onions pretty much anywhere in Paris now, but um, but right. I just I really appreciated that. So um, so I guess one of my questions is why France, and maybe part of that is the the seasonality of things. But I mean, it could have just as easily been California. What what drew you here for wanting to do this brick and mortar, and um, has made you continue working on the kind of the uh, interim cocktail delivery? Um, well, the way it sort of came together was actually, so Jennifer, uh, my business partner is American, but she's been living in Paris for about eight years now with her family. Um, and she had an idea for a brick and mortar restaurant. Um, we were connected through mutual friends. I was in Brooklyn at the time. And um, originally, you know, it sort of started as like a consulting relationship where I was going to come on and um, developed the dessert and cocktail program for this brick and mortar. 
And then as, you know, things evolved and I came out and did R&D and like a, you know, dinner together and um, kind of started, you know, really exploring Paris and, and what the sort of scene is like there now, um, it, it kind of evolved and then it went into this more cocktail bar concept. And then as, you know, COVID happened and we started working on Izzy's as more of a delivery model, uh, that relationship morphed into a, a partnership and, and us co-founding this business rather than me being sort of a hired consultant. Um, so it kind of happened in this roundabout way where originally it was supposed to be, you know, quasi-temporary and then it became like a real, you know, commitment and investment together. Um, I have dreamed of having a way or a reason to live and work in Paris for over 20 years. I did a study abroad uh, in college and undergrad uh, over 20 years ago. And so I, you know, have come back as much as possible. I went to grad school in London and I feel like I spent half my time in Paris when mm -hmm. I was there. Um, so I've just always had a real love for it. And so when this opportunity arose, it just felt like, you know, especially then when COVID happened and we had to close Butter and Scotch, uh, which had been my cocktail bar and bakery in, in Brooklyn, um, it just felt like this, you know, kind of kismet <laughs> experience. Um, and then on top of it, you know, I mean, one of the reasons I love Paris is the incredible markets and the incredible produce and just, you know, how, how strong the food culture is. Um, there's, I mean, I, there are myriad reasons that I love Paris and we could spend five podcasts talking about that. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much like how that went. It was sort of circuitous, but I'm really happy that it's brought me to where we are. Well, I am too, because I am enjoying Izzy's. I'm looking forward to more of your projects. Um, and, you know, it's always nice to have more Americans bringing interesting things to, to France. So, so I think that's a positive, um, I'm wondering if your the your market. I mean, the people that are they're kind of ordering from not the people. Well, sometimes I can't talk. The people who are ordering from <laughs> Izzy's. Do you know if it's primarily French people? Is it an international um, group of people? Is it Americans? Do you have any any idea on that? Yeah, it seems to be like a roughly even split between. Uh, you know, French people and uh, mostly American expats. And I think part of that is just that is very much the network that uh, that Jen, my business partner, has developed in Paris, you know, as a as an American in an American family living in Paris for eight years with two kids who are going to school. Um, I think, you know, that sort of has kind of organically grown around her. And so as we were launching Izzy's, you know, a lot of the people that we were reaching out to to let them know and promote it were uh, other Americans. Um, but it's been really nice to see uh, the French clientele also sort of getting into this and coming back and, you know, becoming regulars. Um, that's been really great because that's sort of, for me, that was the big unknown is like, you know, it, our cocktails in general, and then especially this style of cocktail, which is you know, uh, it is definitely different from the straight classic. Um, is this going to be something that is appealing uh, to a French palate, to somebody who's maybe not as familiar with cocktails? Um, and fortunately, it seems like the answer to that is yes. Uh, and I do, I mean, the, the scene has changed so dramatically. I'm sure, I mean, you know more than anyone. I mean, I feel like 
you know, from when I first came to Paris, you know, in the late nineties to every time I, I've come, I feel like the, you know, for a really long time, there were like three cocktail bars that were just like the stalwarts holding it down. And now it's like, it's such an explosion of variety and clearly the market, you know, can sustain that and is interested in that. And it feels like there's a lot of room for exploration and growth that, you know, I think at one point didn't seem possible. So it's very exciting. Yeah, I absolutely agree. When I started writing about cocktails, when I started 52 Martinis, there were literally a handful, maybe, you know, less than five bars that were churning out things that were really good quality cocktails. And, uh, and now, you know, you just can't keep up with all the places that, that are, that are doing really decent drinks and, and really excellent cocktails. So, so it's been really, it's been really fun to, to watch and really great to experience and, you know, makes for a good time to be getting involved in cocktails, I think here. So, so I think that's good, um, and promising. Now, when we talk about the seasonal ingredients to cocktails, do you find that you have to, or need to take a different approach in France than you maybe would in the U S just in terms of either what people like, you know, what the palettes are like or what's available or I don't know anything else. Um, I mean, there are some ingredients that I am used to having access to that I find a little bit harder to find or to find that are, you know, the same uh, or replicable to some of the stuff I'm used to getting in the States. Like, you know, I feel like jalapenos and very a variety of spicy peppers i'm very used to uh being able to get just like an abundance of those things you know even out of season uh in in new york um there's just you know especially like you know where i lived in brooklyn there's you know incredible um you know just diversity of population and so you get you know so many different ingredients um at you know various green grocers and stuff and so that's something that's taken a little bit of, you know, adjusting, but it's, it's workable. You know, it's like we have access to jalapenos. I've found they are much less spicy than the jalapenos I'm used to working with in the States. And so I might, to bring up the heat level in a, in a spicy margarita, for example, I might throw in a bird's eye chili just to sort of amp up that heat. Um, so it's, you know, stuff, but I, but it is interesting. I mean, especially I think anything with, with heat like that, I feel like is, is just less common to find in France, you know, especially in, in, even in the cuisines where you expect to find it, it feels like there is a, a little bit of a toning down of the heat level uh, to accommodate uh, a French palate. Um, that's another thing I anticipate will be changing as time goes on, um, but especially as, you know, the world becomes more globalized. Uh, but that's, that's one of the things I've definitely noticed, like a, a, a piment, like a spicy pepper is generally not quite as spicy as I want it to be. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, you know, it's just sort of, yeah, adjusting and, uh, and calculating for that. Um, but, you know, beyond that, I mean, it's amazing to be able to find produce that is really hard for me to find in the States. It, it feels like you know, the, the majority of the time I'm working with, you know, a comparable abundance rather than a lack for sure. Well, that's good. And, um, yeah, you know, that jalapeno thing, I, when I did get the, um, Izzy's order, there was a jalapeno and you know, what went through my mind, where are they getting their jalapenos? I think that so many <laughs> Americans at Paris are like, where are the jalapenos? And when somebody finds jalapenos in some spot, um, 
you know, kind of the, the signal goes out, Hey, there's, there's jalapenos available at La Belle Vie. Order them online right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're actually going to be growing some of our own because, um, we have uh, a friend uh, and regular who has a little like organic garden plot out just outside of Paris, and um, they're very kindly letting us plant some herbs and and peppers and things that we know that we'll want to use in cocktails that are harder to find. Um, and jalapenos are definitely going to be one of those one of those things. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I tried to grow some once and then I forgot what they were on my windowsill and I don't, I I, I think I like weeded them out and then realized those were the jalapeno seeds I brought. But anyway, I do think you're right though about um, maybe the palate changing a little bit for things spicier because I've noticed in the last probably four or five months, a lot more mentions of hot sauce in the different um, cooking magazines that I get here in France, the French ones. Um, I have noticed, uh, I think the last three months, the two different issues have consistently been featuring, here's the latest hot sauce, here's a new organic hot sauce. So uh, so maybe that is something we'll be seeing a little bit more uh, coming around soon is, is a little bit more spice in the Parisian, I don't know, in the Parisian um, offerings, which would be great because I like spicy. Me too. Um, now, I want to talk about also, you know, we're talking about seasonality, which is something that I think is at least well i think across the board i think in restaurants in, in paris and and in france uh outside of paris and in bars i think there's there is a big focus on seasonality a lot of my favorite cocktail bars they don't have lemons certain times or they don't have you know they 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 really stick with what's seasonal but also um that kind of makes me think about also uh local so and those aren't necessarily the same you can have seasonal but not local mm. do you do you focus primarily on local or do you just focus on seasonal I mean how do you feel about those two things there and and in terms of your cocktails I think for me the priority is definitely on on local um, which is not to say that we're exclusively I mean we use citrus year-round for me that's like a really core cocktail ingredient and something yeah. that is, you know, easily accessible. And especially when we're sort of, you know, making these California inspired cocktails, I feel like citrus is, is very important. Um, it's used in different ways and <clears throat> in different sort of amounts, you know, from cocktail to cocktail and season to season. But in general, I mean, especially if you're talking about um, <clears throat> like organic versus local, um, I think, you know, especially the way that labeling works, I think that local for me is, is the most important thing, um, just in terms of a lot, I mean, a lot, carbon footprint, supporting the economy and the place that you live, supporting your local producers, you know, all of that is really important. And so I would definitely, like, even for example, I mean, you know, if I'm looking for a specific ingredient that maybe is is just coming into season for like a, you know, a special custom cocktail or something that someone's ordered. Um, if I see, you know, locally grown, you know, rhubarb that has been flash frozen versus hothouse rhubarb that's coming from, you know, the Netherlands, I would rather go for the local flash frozen rhubarb that I know was like picked at its height and immediately frozen versus something that's traveled a ways but you know hasn't been treated in that way like I think that you know and that's not really a decision we have to make very often that's you know something that you know one of the benefits of kind of just making these seasonal cocktails is that we're just seeing what is 
what is there and using it, you know, and especially because yeah. we're, we're doing a special every week. So it really allows us to be nimble and, and sort of creative on the fly in that way. Um, but yeah, I, for me, definitely, I think um, local agriculture and just local food production, I think is the future. It's like people are going to need to, to really eat that way um, as time goes on. And so that, yeah, that for me is definitely the priority. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it's, I am a strong proponent of that as well, because I feel like uh, there's so much around us that we can have. I think we've gotten a little spoiled about being able to have anything from anywhere at any point in time. And I think we really have kind of a wealth of things around us already. So, um, but you know, it's all choices. Now, are there places that you like to either shop or eat or drink in Paris or in France that you feel really are great examples of seasonal uses of ingredients? Oh, that's a great question. I feel like it's a little tricky because the last time, you know, when I was, when I, I feel like it's been such a long stretch of I know. I should have warned you. I was going to ask that. (laughs) So no pressure. It's just like, no, no, it's fine. It's really just like I'm thinking about all of the places that, you know, I would go to before that happened or the places like sort of in the, you know, few kilometers around where I was staying that uh, that I would cite. Um, I mean, I did have the real pleasure and I feel like it is, you know, very much about the wine, but I had the real pleasure of being like a stone throw from Bouvet when we were launching from La Bouvet when yes. we were launching uh our our business and that you know saved my life a number of times where I would just you know walk by get a bottle of wine and one of their like fantastic terrine or you know I feel like the menu there is very tight but it is very much like just yeah using what's in season for like a few really fantastic things um and then yeah beyond that I mean I think it's been so much for me just about cooking for myself um and going to you know there's like a a couple of really great little apicely like right near where um I've been staying in the 11th um where you know I really loved being able to shop the French way, which is, you know, because I had a mini fridge and, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, very limited uh, storage, a very small kitchen. And so being able to just go in and buy the ingredients for the food I was going to eat that day um, is something that I wasn't really used to doing in the States. And that has been a real, a real pleasure for me. And, you know, really that, again, going back to seasonality, like there's a really fantastic, if you see, there's a few of them called um, Zengam. Okay. Uh, and there's one on Chemin Vert, like right near where I've been staying. And they have fantastic produce that, you know, really looks, um, it's sort of, you know, like the ugly, delicious produce. Like oh, it's yeah. not, you know, this beautifully, you know, manicured, curated uh uh, vegetables and fruits it's like kind of thrown in crates and and looks like it, it came right off the farm but it really did and um I love going there and just getting you know a good bottle of wine and and some you know some cheese and whatever vegetables they have and it's like that's pretty much usually my dinner yeah well I think that's an excellent dinner for sure um 
Now, before we kind of wrap up and start heading into the cocktail of the month for our listeners, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Um, I'll put it in the show notes as well, but not everybody wants to stop and go back and read my site. So maybe let them know where they can find you and where they can find Izzy's um, on on the different social media platforms. Sure. So at Izzy's, we're at Izzy's Paris, and that's I-Z-Z-Y-S Paris. Um, and then our website is also just izzysparis.com. So we're quite easy to find. Uh, and then I, my website is just allisoncave.com. It's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-K-A-V-E. Um, and I'm at allison underscore cave on Instagram. Um, so listeners, you should go check that out. And I'm also going to mention, I don't think we talked about the fact that in addition to cocktail deliveries, you have been um, also doing some things where you are doing events, catering, um, different kinds of um, corporate uh, team building kind of things online. Is that correct? So people can also maybe hit up Izzy's for something like that as well. Yeah, actually, that's been a really fantastic um, element of the business that's been growing more and more. Uh, We love doing like custom themed cocktails for various gatherings, whether it's, you know, in person or over Zoom. I think especially like given that so many um, teams are still working remotely, it's really nice for everyone to be able to at least be like enjoying the same cocktail and snacks and, you know, kind of it helps to to unify the experience when everyone is so spread out and scattered so that's been really fun well good and I think you're you're right it's nice for everybody to sort of get online and talk at each other but it is I find helpful when it's I hate to use the word curated but you know sort of managed in a way or at least there's kind of a as you said an underlying theme so so very exciting now even more exciting can you share the (laughs) cocktail of the month with the listeners Sure. So this is called the Peace Summer. Um, so it's kind of like peace out. Um, and uh, this is one of the very first cocktails that I created for Izzy's, like literally the first week that we launched and kind of did a soft launch. Um, I had uh, two special cocktails. We did the Peace Summer and the Sup Fall. <laughs> um, and so the Peace Summer is really for me like, oh, just like really taking advantage of late summer uh, melons. And so this is essentially like a slightly spicy uh, watermelon and mezcal margarita. So it has mezcal. I really like to use um, just like a nice, like, I, you know, there, I feel like mezcal in Paris, there's, there's more and more. It's definitely not, you don't get quite as much of a range in terms of um, varieties as maybe you see in the States, which, you know, makes sense in terms of proximity to Mexico, but um, you can find some really great uh, mezcals now. Um, so it's mostly mezcal, so you get a nice uh, smoke layer from that and kind of that nice peppery uh, brightness of the agave. Uh, a little bit of Cointreau, or you could use any other sort of nice, um, you know, triple sec that you have. Uh, fresh watermelon juice, fresh lime juice, and then a spicy syrup, which is mainly, you know, a simple syrup, but then has um, some hot pepper, jalapeno, and a little bit of cinnamon infused into that as well. It sounds delicious. And I will be trying to make some of those uh, over the summer. I won't even wait until we're saying peace out summer. I will be making those (laughs) for the summer. So, well, that's great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Um, Uh, about seasonal drinking. Much appreciated. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This was great.
And that with that, it's a wrap for this month. So, uh, as always, thank you very much to World Radio Paris for editing and production and to Sun Little for the music that we use and to Allison and Izzy's. And I will put links to all these things in the show notes so you can find them. As usual, I remind you to drink responsibly. And if you like what I'm doing here, don't hesitate to go over to iTunes and leave a little review. It helps people find the show. At least that's what I'm told. But at least it makes me feel like I'm not shouting into a void to know that you're out there and you're listening. So um, so please do that. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.